are listening to continuing Arizona votes coverage of the 2022 election with Mike Broomhead. Hey, thanks for being here. Uh, we are sprinting toward an election. Two weeks from today is Election Day, but we know early ballots are already out there. Candidates are still making a mad dash to the finish line as a lot of races have tightened up. So joining us right now is Republican candidate for U.S. Senate, Blake Masters. Blake, welcome back. Thank you, Mike. Always good to be with you. So I watched a part of what happened last night, the town hall uh, with Hannity. I thought it was interesting to hear some of the answers from you. And I saw Carrie Lake on the stage. I saw Brandon Judd joined you guys. Um, I want to talk about the closing of the gap. It's no secret that you have been outspent massively in this race. Do you believe you've closed the gap? Was there ever really this big of a gap? And how did you close it if you did? Well, we've definitely closed the gap. You know, part of it is we're outworking the Kelly campaign. We're outworking the Democrats. I'm doing more town halls, more media interviews. We are fundraising. We're firing on all cylinders. Part of it, of course, is just people are starting to pay attention. Election day is getting closer and closer. Uh, People of Arizona are looking around and saying, "Okay, I'm about to go vote. How are things going? Am I better off now than three years ago? Nope. we got a wide open southern border, double digit, crushing inflation. Crime is going through the roof. Look at what's going on in our kids' schools, my goodness, people are wanting to vote for a change, uh, and, and so some of this is just naturally tightening up. We've got the best message, and, and I dare say this is race is a jump ball right now. There was a message out there that categorized you as a radical, radical on abortion. Uh, the election denial thing was also connected to you as well. Um, how have you been able to fend that off? Do you believe you've been accurately, were you accurately portrayed in those issues? And if not, how were you able to change people? people's minds if you have. Of course I wasn't accurately portrayed. These are This is a result of $40 million in Democrat attack ads, right? But they have to lie. They have to slander me. They have to lie about me. They have to lie about Mark Kelly's record. All of a sudden, he's on people's television screens uh, pretending to be the late John McCain, pretending to be some center-right Republican. But Mark Kelly is no John McCain. He's not even a Kirsten Cinema. He's rubber-stamping this incredibly destructive Joe Biden agenda. So they're lying about me. They say, oh, Blake, Blake Masters, Kerry Lake, they're dangerous, they're radical. No, what's dangerous, what's radical, what's extreme is what the Democrats in charge are doing to our country. You made a statement, and I may be paraphrasing a little bit, but you made a statement saying that you, if if elected, that you would grind the Biden agenda to a halt until we got relief and real border security. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, well, look, when we take back the House and the Senate, we're going to pass a good border security bill, right? We're going to. Uh, pass a bill or put a bill in, on Biden's desk that says, let's double the size of Border Patrol, let's finish the wall, let's get back to deporting people who try to break into our country illegally. The problem, Mike, is Biden's not going to sign that bill. Biden doesn't want to secure the border, obviously, because he's created this giant open border. So the question is, how do we make progress in 2023 and 2024 on border security, given that Biden isn't going to sign any legislation? And the answer is to play hardball, right? I'm not going to vote for a single piece of Biden's funding, not a single uh, judicial appointee, nothing that Biden wants. He gets nothing unless and until he delivers border security. He could instantly reimplement the remain in Mexico policy. He could instantly 
take away the welcome mat and tell illegals not to come here. But unless and until he does that and gives us some border security, my job is to make sure that Republicans do not vote for anything that he wants. We'll make him a lame duck until he starts protecting our country. Do you believe that there will be enough uh, Republicans either in the United States Senate or elected to the United States Senate to make sure that that holds fast? You're not going to be out on an island yourself doing that? Well, it might be a little lonely, but, you know, my job is to, to make sure I will try my best to whip the votes in the Republican caucus to do that. Some Republicans might cave. Republicans very often do this. You know the kind of uh, Republican I'm talking about in the U.S. Senate. But my job is to just call that out, right? I'm one vote out of 100. I actually think I can get more done than, than people think. Uh, but where I can't get something done, my pledge to the people of Arizona is to shine a spotlight on who's blocking me. If we're not getting border security uh, and a Democrat's to blame, I'll blame the Democrat. If a Republican's to blame, I'll blame the Republican. Because you know what's more important than being Republican or Democrat? border security having a safe and secure border so our people can be safe the what seems to be the next phase of the border secure i'm not sorry election integrity issue is now we've got people in tactical gear some of them armed watching ballot drop off boxes and those people are being connected to campaigns like yours and other republicans that are running a do you think it's damaging to have that image connected to your campaign and do you think it's the wrong thing for people to be doing or at least the way they're doing it to be wrong I'm going to push back hard on the alleged connection to my campaign. Come on, Mike. I agree with you. I agree with you that it's not connected, but you know that there are people that are trying to make that connection. I agree that there are desperate Democrats who are going to lie because they have to lie in order to possibly have a close election. Here's what I say. The people who are watching the ballots uh, or the, the drop boxes, they just need to follow the law. Everybody needs to follow the law. That means you only vote one ballot, right? No ballot harvesting. And if you are planning on watching the drop boxes, hey, stay whatever that is at 75 feet, whatever it is, stay that distance away. Don't intimidate any voters. Get your video camera out and record to make sure people aren't ballot harvesting. Just follow the law. Anyone who breaks the law should be dealt with. Fair enough. All right. Um, I want to give you an opportunity. It's uh, two weeks from today is Election Day. Early ballots are out there. What is your closing argument, closing message to the voters in Arizona? If you like our wide open southern border, if you like unlimited amounts of illegal immigration and fentanyl coming in to kill our kids, if you like paying too much for gas and groceries, if you like having our energy independence squandered because of left-wing environmentalist concerns, uh, if you like the rising crime in our cities, hey, there's a U.S. Senate candidate for you. His name's Mark Kelly. And if you give this guy any more time in office to continue implementing Joe Biden's agenda, all these problems are going to get worse. But if you think you and your family deserve better, hey, let's vote for a change. Vote Republican up and down the ticket. Vote for me for U.S. Senate. I will get in there and actually fight for Arizona families. Last thing, uh, website or way people can find you if they want to learn more about the campaign as they decide who they're going to vote for. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mike. It is very simple. Just go to BlakeMasters.com. Always good to talk to you, Blake. I hope to talk to you soon. Sounds good. See ya. All right. That's Blake Masters, candidate for Senate, Republican candidate for the United States Senate. I will say, be an informed voter. Uh, we have done, I say we, I had nothing to do with this. Our, our news team has done a fantastic job. Our web people have done an excellent job. If you go to KTAR.com slash Arizona Votes, you can see literally every interview, hear every interview that we've done with candidates up and down the ticket in both parties in every race that we've had interviews on so that this all-important decision is in your hands and you're 
you're more of an informed voter. So go to KTAR.com slash Arizona Votes if you want to be a more informed voter. Um, Coming up in a moment, is U.S. manufacturing on the brink of collapse? There is one study that says it just might be. We'll get to it coming up here in just one moment. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. We've been talking about the economy for quite a while, as we have watched, and the stock market has been watching for a long time. We have seen a pretty significant drop in the stock market over the past year. It's been progressive for a while and incrementally slow for a while. Has sped up, and then a couple, a little bit of a bounce back over the last few days. It's up over 200 points today, but still under 32,000 where at one point it was around 37. Um, and we will get back there. There's no doubt in my mind that the American economy is always going to recover, but there is always a debate about government involvement. Every one of us understands that oversight is necessary. We've got examples throughout our history of where businesses and oversight was not good enough, and the lack of, of oversight meant some companies took advantage and have done horrible things. I mean, I'm not blind to it. Just because I believe in low regulation and I believe in allowing businesses to do what they do best doesn't mean that I'm blind to the fact that there are people that are going to cheat. It doesn't matter if you're an individual that cheats at a game or if you're an owner of a business that cheats in your business. Cheating is cheating. And uh, we've talked about environmental impact. Uh, when I was a young kid, I've joked about, you know, when they called Cleveland, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. I don't remember much about it. I moved in 1978 when I was uh, 11 years old. Uh, but Cleveland was called the mistake on the lake for a reason. There was a reason. The Cuyahoga River caught on fire. The river caught on fire. That's how polluted the river was at the time. And they've done a great job in Northeast Ohio of making that, making a difference and changing that with things. So I'm no stranger to understanding the, the argument about regulation. But when you look at the fossil fuel industry and the salt on that industry that's happened since this president's come into office, there is no doubt, there is no doubt that those policies have affected this. We were energy independent a few years ago. It is a national security issue. Russia, the nation that hates us so much, the Russian, the Russian people may not, but the Russian government, Vladimir Putin, definitely does. Working with their allies in the OPEC nation, OPEC nations, and uh, jacking the price of oil beginning in November, decreasing the production by two million barrels a day. We are going to see a shift in in prices and going into the winter with heating oil and natural gas and all of these other things. These other elements getting more and more expensive. The one shining star has been employment, has been jobs are out there. So one of the things we've learned about the Metro Phoenix area of the Valley is that we've got the highest inflation or have had the highest inflation in the country, housing prices, rent, along with gas prices and things that were leading to that. We were the highest in the country. But the one bright spot was people were able to work enough hours to pay their bills. Uh, there was a story a few weeks ago that said, hey, 60 hour work week. Welcome to Phoenix. And that's just to keep your head above water. When the job market begins to slow down or dry up, those side hustles go away. People are going to be hurting even more. So the prayer is, the hope is that we try to prepare so that that doesn't happen here or in other places in the country. And we are much better prepared than other places to to ride out a recession that everybody says is coming. But the headline here that I talked about earlier, and it's worth repeating, clearly unstable is how the headline starts. Clearly unstable. 
New data suggests U.S. manufacturing could be on the brink of collapse. Now, it does say could be, not is on, but could be. They're saying of a dramatic slowdown in the demand for goods. So people are now going to what they have in stock because they're not replenishing supplies because it's not flying off the shelves in the same at the same pace it was before. The good news for consumers, uh, you're going to be able to spend a lot less money. I was in uh, I was in Walmart buying a phone charger recently, and they had big and I, they had to be at least sixty. They were probably closer to seventy inch panel TVs. I don't know how how high quality the resolution is, uh, and I'm not an expert in electronics anyway. But these were at least sixty, if not seventy inch television sets on sale for less than five hundred bucks. To me, that's an amazing price to pay for one of those panels. I remember when they were thousands of dollars. So we are seeing the price of some of these higher ticket items drop, which is good news for consumers. But when you see a slower demand, and that's what happens when you see these interest rates going up, trying to use use recessionary moves – To slow down the economy and reduce inflation. But when you see manufacturing start to suffer, and this is now they're saying on the brink of collapse, it can spiral up and it can spiral down. We were spiraling up for such a long time. We were watching growth on top of growth on top of growth. Inflation was less than 2%. It was like at 1.4, something like that percent for a very long time. Gas prices well below $3 a gallon and wages increasing very quickly. What we've seen now is we have seen an increase in wages. There's no doubt about that. But inflation has outpaced that dramatically. And people are, I mean, it's like seven bucks for eggs, I think, or close to it. We are seeing the necessities out there are more expensive than we've seen them in 40 years in these increases. And when you talk about manufacturing now dropping off, what that says, what's that saying to people that are experts is that you and I are pulling back on our purchases. We're not buying as often. We're not buying as much. We're being much more picky in what we buy out of necessity. When you look at credit card usage, having some credit card debt as far as the strength of an economy goes isn't necessarily a bad thing. If someone like yourself, if your family, if you believe you're in a good place financially, you'll put a vacation on a credit card, pay it off over time. You're going to spend more money. You may go out and buy a newer or a new vehicle and put yourself in debt a little bit, realizing you have the money to make those payments and the longevity to pay them off. All of that is true. But when you look back at what's happening now, what, what the experts are looking at with credit card payments, it's people putting groceries and gasoline and necessities on a credit card. That is dangerous for an economy because your payments go up, your credit availability for emergencies goes away, and you start seeing now that you're paying very high interest rates on necessities that are already so expensive, they're forcing you to put them on credit cards. That's bad news for an economy, and that's what's happening right now. How do we reverse it? It takes a long time for interest rate hikes to reverse inflation. And the government needs to take a really good, hard look at this. It's a look they should have taken quite a long time ago. And to be quite honest, they they just didn't get it right. I don't know that they – I don't – You know, everybody wants to scream liar and I don't know that the administration lied to us about inflation. I think they were just dead wrong. They were just dead wrong when they said it was transitory, it was going to tick up, and then it was going to fall. I, that's what I think happened personally. 
And uh, they just got it very, very wrong. And that's why the midterms are going to be tough. It's going to be tough for this administration and his part and the president's party because people are looking to go in a different direction to try to reset the economy. And hopefully then whoever is elected to the next term, that the members of Congress can get together with some real substantial legislation that's going to get us back on track. Cut the dramatic spending. Make sure we're not raising taxes on any sector of the United States and making sure that we keep as much money into the pockets of the American people as absolutely possible. That would be my solution to it. In a moment, a topic I mentioned earlier, but I think there's more room for discussion. Arizona law enforcement agency is getting a big grant for new officers. Is this the key to pushing down crime in our valley? We'll talk about it next. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. We talked a little earlier about law enforcement and uh, lack of respect for officers that led to many people leaving the profession or at least leaving some cities and some agencies. Uh, one of the things about the Valley is the diversity of political opinion uh, as well as everything. I mean, everything in the Valley has got a lot of diversity from north to south to east to east to west, just within you know that radius of the Valley, as we call it. And so there are a lot of choices for people and where they live and where they want to work. And that's in many industries, which is is great for people that are looking for work and police officers, deputies, troopers are no different than anyone else. They want a great work environment. I think everyone, all of us, including the people like are the superstars of, of uh, the athletic world and the movies and entertainers, everybody believes they're worth a little bit more money. All of us do. I want a raise. I'll be, I'll be honest. I want a raise. Every one of us believes we should have one. But having a pay raise you learn pretty quickly in life that quality of life matters as much as what you're getting paid. I want to be well compensated, but I also want to be treated well. I want to feel like an asset. I want to feel like a part of the team. I want to feel respected. I want to feel valued. All of this goes into being a happy employee. So when we talk about teachers, and we should, it is about making sure that they're paid. It is about them understanding that they can make a very nice living in another profession and making sure they can make a nice living as a teacher. They may sacrifice a little bit of money to do the job they love, but they're not going to sacrifice quality of life for their families in that regard. So we're going to have to pay them more. The reason why I'm setting this up is because three agencies in Arizona – uh, Pima County Sheriff's Department, Casa Grande, and Glendale are part of a $139 million fund going to 180 agencies nationwide to hire 1,000 officers. And so um, this is good news to be able to get more cops on the streets. But we know that the reason why we've lost so many officers are because they're working for agencies where they don't feel as if they're respected by city management, sometimes, to be fair, by agency management as well. And this is what you have to deal with when officers on the street, troopers, deputies, when they feel as if the leadership within the agency has their back, then they they, they are well-respected officers within their agency. That doesn't mean you have carte blanche to go out and behave badly. But it is if, if you are given the benefit of the doubt that we believe you are a professional at what you do. We are going to train you well. We're going to give you the equipment you need. We're going to make sure we're as staffed as we can be. And then we're going to turn you loose to do your job the way you believe it is effective. And then as long as you don't break any rules or laws, we're going to back you. That's a well-respected employee in any industry. 
in any industry. No one wants to be micromanaged. No one wants to be doubted. If you've proven yourself to be honest and hardworking, then you give those people the benefit of the doubt. That doesn't mean we don't have oversight. It means we treat people with respect. And it's something that we've got to make sure we're doing. I, I put this on our shoulders as voters because you know as well as I do when it comes to the city of Phoenix, we have an interim police chief right now. And uh, by all accounts, uh, people like like this chief. It, does, it doesn't matter if they're liked, but they respect this chief. Will this interim police chief end up being the permanent police chief? They're going to do a nationwide search. But city management chooses that position, which means you and I, you and I should be electing the people to the city council that have our best interest in crime fighting in mind when we elect those people to hire the people that do the job. That they have an inherent respect for law enforcement and they want someone that's going to enforce the laws. The the county attorney that we're going to elect, are we going to elect a county attorney that is strong on crime, that is going to make sure people get punished for committing crimes against people, that's going to fight for a budget within the county that says we need more prosecutors. We need the ability to put bad people away and fight for that budget. That's kind of on the voters. Whenever you see someone say public safety endorsed, hold them to it. Here's an interesting thing that connects loosely, but it still connects. This is a brand new story that just came out. The New York State Supreme Court ruled on Tuesday, today, that New York City cannot fire employees for not getting vaccinated against COVID-19. Mayor Eric Adams put a mandate in place, and the State Supreme Court of New York said he went way too far. I'm going to read just a little bit of it. The court ordered the city to reinstate all fired employees and grant them back pay, citing the fact that they that being vaccinated against COVID-19 does not stop an individual from catching or spreading the virus. And thus, being vaccinated does not grant enough community wide benefit to warrant a mandate. The health commissioner acted beyond his authority by issuing an indefinite vaccine mandate rather than a temporary one, according to the court. So the mayor said earlier this year that he would not hire or bring back workers who had been fired because they were unvaccinated. It was roughly 1,400 workers in the city of New York, and a lot of them were firefighters and police officers. But then if you remember in New York, the hypocrisy came in when the mayor made an exception for professional athletes coming into the city of New York and playing sports. So the this is another quote. States of emergency are meant to be temporary. The question presented is whether the health commissioner has the authority to enact a permanent condition of employment during a state of emergency. So this is a big blow to the policies of the mayor in New York. And how does it connect? If you remember, there were police officers and firefighters that were walking off the job because they weren't going to get vaccinated. And for everyone out there that attacked attacked the unvaccinated among us, you have to realize now you are lied to, just like everyone else was. I will tell you right now, I'm vaccinated and boosted. I've got my vaccine. I've got my boosters, like I was asked to do. And I will tell you, I feel lied to. I was told, like you were told, that if you get the vaccine, you can't get it and you can't spread it. And none of that was true. And they knew that very early on. I've never gotten a flu flu shot, never gotten a flu vaccine, just something I never did. But I got this one based on what they told us. And I do feel lied to. 
And for everybody out there that was a part of the anti-vax community, go back. And what you should do is sanitize your Twitter account of the horrible things that you said about people that didn't want to get vaccines. How un-American they were, that they were murderers, that they should have their children and their employment taken away from them. You should go back and understand that you are lied to, which made you that angry. The, the people that were in charge of this lied about it's what it did. And you reacted in a way that you thought was in the best interest of everybody by trying to shame people into a vaccine. And it turns out they were right. And the people that lied to you were wrong. And it's something we should keep in mind. In a moment, we're going to talk about the border once again. Earlier this morning, I talked about the real disaster at the southern border. There is a story about border security that you need to hear that's going to break your heart. We'll get to it in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. We talked about this earlier, and I have an update with a local story that isn't necessarily border connected. This first story is, and it may be local. I don't know where these suspects or where these victims were brought across the border. Multiple women were rescued from a human trafficking scheme that started in Cuba. Now, Cuba used to have a wet foot, dry foot rule with Florida, where if you could get to, onto dry land, and that's why so many people had makeshift boats, would go to Florida, and they would hit shore and uh, claim asylum, and they were entitled to it. Well, when that ended, that was ended during the Obama administration, they are migrating through the southern border of the United States and Mexico. So there are two people that have been arrested in Tampa, in the Tampa area of Florida, for trafficking in multiple women and forcing them into being uh, prostitutes and forcing them into strip clubs. And the attorney general in Florida has said that this is one of the worst cases of human trafficking that she has ever seen, that the sex acts that they were forced into are just horrifying. I want people to have that picture in your mind, and unfortunately, you have to have that picture in your mind because these are people's daughters and people's sisters, and and they are being forced into these acts by the cartels, and we are allowing this to happen with the poorest border we have. Here is the update. Uh, Police make 21 arrests in a child trafficking operation. Surprise, Arizona, September 21st. That's just a few days ago. The Surprise Police Department Criminal Investigation Division recently partnered with Scottsdale PD, Glendale PD, Homeland Security, Peoria PD, United States Marshal Service, Goodyear PD, and the Maricopa County Attorney's Office on Operation Back to School. It was a valley-wide undercover operation targeting the demand for child sex crimes and human trafficking, which resulted in 20. 21 arrests. Throughout the operation, undercover detectives placed ads on websites commonly sought out by suspects in seeking illegal sex acts. Operations of this type are part of the Surprise Police Department's continuous effort to reduce the demand that fuels child sex trafficking and exploitation of children in our community. The following suspects had been, had solicited, and there was a list of 21 men, ages from as young as, I believe, 23, and people that are in their 50s. Um, I don't think there's any, and there's one that's 62 years old. 21 people arrested with all of these agencies working on it. It's happening in our community. 
Now, how directly connected to the border is this? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. The the people that are trafficked and the people that are forced into this, especially when you talk about child trafficking. I learned a long time ago, and they were absolutely right when they said it. When you heard – many of us have heard the phrase child prostitute. There is no such thing. When you're a child, you're a victim. You're a, you've been raped. There is no child prostitute, and it's a despicable crime that none of us want to think about, but there were 21 people in a short period of time that were arrested for answering ads for sex crimes. Now, they say child. I don't know if in these ads it was if they knew that they were going to meet a child or believed they were going to meet a child. But these people are going to face some serious jail time. But this is a problem. And part of the element of this where it's being made available is because these children are being forced into. Now, in this case, it was police officers posing. But it is such a common issue on these websites because these children are forced into these trades by the cartels. They have no way out. In the case I talked about out of Florida, they were adults, but they crossed the southern border of the U.S. and became the slaves. They became the possessions of the cartels who forced them into the sex trade. It's not something we want to talk about. It's not something we want to think about, but it's happening. And we're a part of it. When we talk about the underbelly of what's happening at our border and I talk about what we should be able to do, what we should be able to have is an immigration system we can be proud of. That Americans should be looking at the droves of people that want to come here and become Americans to proudly wave the American flag and to say we have an immigration system that still holds true like Ellis Island was and other places where we were able to say if you want to join us, we are going to find a way for you to be able to join us. But what we are seeing at the border now is we have morphed into this word migrant where everybody is called a migrant. Well, we argue about the politics of that, but let's pause from our politics for a moment and acknowledge that in the middle of all of that, as bad as it can be, is the completely unacceptable, disturbing and despicable acts of sex trafficking, especially in children, but sex trafficking of human beings. Women, as much as we fight about women's rights in this country, and we should, as much as we talk about Making sure women are treated fairly and equally and not like property and not like second-class citizens. They're being trafficked at the border and forced into the sex trades by the cartels that we've done nothing to stop. At what point do we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, if there's no other reason to make sure that we know who's coming across that border, this is the reason to know. That these people that are be coming across the border um, at the uh, with the aid of the cartels are not safe and sound once they get here. It, it's when the disaster and the nightmare begins. Once they get here and the cartels get their hooks in them, they're forced into the sex trade to pay off their debts. How do you sleep at night? How do I sleep at night? How do we sleep at night knowing this is what we're allowing in our country? We are much better than this. Much better than this. Coming up in a moment, uh, the real this what we're going to do after 11 o'clock is the sheriff Paul Penzone joined us today to talk about the ballot drop boxes. We're going to let you hear what the sheriff had to say about that coming up next.